This is Live Well Talk on 2500 Miles for Colon Cancer Awareness Part 2. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at UnityPoint Health St. Luke's Hospital. A little over two months ago in Episode 68 of this podcast, I was joined by Susie Douglas, who returns today, a mountain biker from McCall, Idaho, who at the time was preparing to ride the Great Divide Mountain Bike Trail to raise awareness about colon cancer in young adults. Susie's inspiration was for this ride was her brother, Zach, or is her brother, Zach, who unfortunately couldn't join us today because he's feeling ill, and we'll, we'll mention that. Uh, last year, Zach was diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer at the young age of 38 and is currently receiving active treatment for that and support from our team at the Helen G. Nassif Community Cancer Center. Today, Susie returns to the podcast to talk about her ride and the care brothers received thus far. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you here. I mean, last time we met, we were, it was over the phone. It was. So it's nice to actually meet you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Am I as handsome in person? I I mean, your voice was way handsome, even better in person. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) For the listeners that may not have heard the previous podcast, tell us the backstory uh, and how you came to this. Uh, So my brother last year in July uh, was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, as you mentioned. And so I moved, I moved to Iowa to help support him. Um, And during that process, obviously cancer costs a lot of money for treatment, et cetera. And it was a year into his treatment and I decided to go ahead and try to raise some money for him. And he denied it and said, I'd rather you give this to NASF Community Cancer Center. And then he gave me the reasons why, which is it's been a fantastic support for him and his family and for all the people that are being treated there. And so I decided why not ride a bike, which is something I really, really love to do, and uh, decided I was going to try to go across the country because that's what sane people do. <laughs> At least it was downhill, though, right? Right. It was Straight down. I think you mentioned that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it wasn't downhill. Yeah. <laughs> now, how, how, out of curiosity, uh, how far had you ridden before in one time? Um, I've done a three-week bicycle tour of New Zealand uh, at one time and another three-week tour of New Zealand, but I've never done uh, as far as we had. Okay. accomplished, which was 818 miles, give probably 850 miles is what we accomplished. In New Zealand? Uh, no, on the Great Divide. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the ride itself. What What were some of the experiences you had during that time? Oh, tell man. Us, tell us some anecdotes and some yeah. funny stories. And- I would say don't get on a bike for that long of a period of time without wanting to do some work on yourself because you are in a saddle all day for nine to 10 hours a day in your head. There's no like anything to distract you besides the beauty of nature. So you're going to get a lot of work done internally. So that was really interesting. I, th- I think when it came to the self-work, there was a lot there. Uh, when it comes to the beauty, it was great being able to take a dip every night into a nice cold spring, mountain-fed springs. Uh, that was beautiful. And then just all the wildlife and sunsets, sunrises, living simply. I think, you know, having two pairs of underwear, a pair of shorts, you know, these things that all of us have so much stuff that ties us down. I think that having so little made it so much more enjoyable to be able to hop on the bike and keep going. But I would say living simply, we don't need that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my dad always had the saying, if you don't use it daily, what question whether or not you need it. Yeah. You know, like when he died, I mean, he like had like a, sh- a shoebox full of stuff. Oh that was gosh. it. What? You know, because he, if he did not, he had like one sweater, one hat, one pair of shoes. You know, he just... Because his thing was, if you don't use it daily, then yeah. why do you have it? Exactly. So we um, sent so much stuff home. I mean, we were sending so many things via the post office that we had no business having on the bike trip. Wow. <laughs> well, uh, 2,500 miles is a long way. And for listeners that uh, uh, don't live in a country that put a man on the moon, that's 4,000 kilometers. So we can, our international listeners can know that. 
Now, the, the right, you had a little health concern. It was cut short. Yes. Tell us about that. Yeah. So last year I was, or this year I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. Uh, and I've been treating that holistically through food and basically lifestyle changes. And I knew that that would be a challenge. Uh, and it was. It ended up, uh, I had quite a few flare-ups on the ride. So it was quite painful. And so I decided to try to lead by example. And this was, this ride was based on health, on the premise of health. And my health was suffering to the point where I just didn't feel right about doing it. If I'm doing a fundraiser for health and us paying attention to our bodies and what it's telling us, my body was telling me to stop. So, so that, so that about 900 miles. About 900 miles. Yeah. We made it to Teton National Park. Okay. Mm -hmm. Beautiful part of the country. (laughs) Um, And you, you, you live in Idaho then? I do. I live in McCall. Mm -hmm. All right. And where's that at exactly? So it's in the middle of the mountains in central Idaho. Okay. Yeah. It's about 5,300 feet. Wow. Beautiful. How long have you lived out there? I've lived there off and on since 2008. I was a wildland firefighter out there. um, And so that's what got me out there. And then once I saw the mountains, it was just like, I don't know, I must have had another life in the mountains. I don't know. It just was like being home. My my cousins and and I have canoed, uh, retraced Lewis and Clark expeditions through Montana. And this is a beautiful country. I mean, it's just... It's amazing. The Lolo Pass there, you went over yeah. there, I would guess. Yeah. Cool. Beautiful. I mean, just big sky country just doesn't even do it justice. I no. mean, it's, it's indescribable, mm-hmm. really. Um, well, give us some feedback. We're really po- proud on these podcasts oh, the Helen yeah. G. Nassif Center. Yes. I mean, their team is just amazing. Yes. And I'm always impressed. You yes. Know, I always learn something new. But tell us some of Zach's experience and your experience with the team. Well, I think the very first thing was when he got diagnosed, it was so fast. It was from like he had symptoms for two months and then all of a sudden within three weeks he was undergoing cancer treatment. So I think that that whole process, the NASF Center was there, um, especially his social worker, helping him get his ducks in a row when it comes to money, which is a big deal. Um, being able to acquire his social security at the age of 38. Uh, was almost immediate. Uh, it wasn't a huge waiting process, which can be. So that is a big deal if you're talking about finances and being able to not work anymore, which he wasn't able to. Uh, they also helped, I think, the donors that uh, donate to the NASF Center, they have these mouthwashes for his, for people that undergo chemo. They have mouth sores. Mm-hmm. And they he was able to get little care packages like that. And that's the reason why he actually can't meet with us today is he woke up this morning and had very bad mouth sores to the point where it was hurting to talk. So he apologizes for not being able to make it, but wants to uh, give you guys a thanks for everything you guys have been doing. And I think that for myself personally, how I benefited from it, first of all, the social worker was there for to talk to our family, especially my mom, when it came to questions on how to proceed with uh, being a caregiver or um, being a person who's supporting somebody that's going through cancer and how to be there for them. And um, the social worker was there for that. But for me personally, Seeing the way that you guys have really run with this fundraiser and was, were there to support me every bit of the way, uh, Chris and Danielle and you and the whole team that was there um, that were doing podcasts and interviews with specialists that would go over colon cancer and why it's so prominent in younger adults now and why it's increasing. And just the support that you guys have done to educate others. My hope is that this message has been at least um, given to one person that called a doctor or asked a second opinion, or got a colonoscopy. Uh, Chris himself told me that there was 78,000 clicks on our um, information that was out there with the NASF Center. And if you do the math, I would think statistically out of 78,000, maybe one person got the message and maybe one person's life was saved. And that's enough to just say, way to go, NASF Community right. Cancer Center. A- absolutely. I mean, <laughs> a, a friend of the podcast, Dr. Abramson, who's a gastroenterologist, he'll, he, he can articulate very well that it is showing up in younger people. Mm-hmm. And 
there's the, you, you want to be weary of the tyranny, the anecdote, but it also seems like it's more aggressive in the younger people yes. than the older. And, and that that might be just a a point of perspective because you you know some some perspective because the patient's so young, uh-huh. but it definitely it's become more apparent. Well, I think so. And then with the passing with Chadwick Boseman, who was a Marvel character, right? He, the Black Panther. I mean, I think that just goes to show he was only 41 years old. Right. Or 42 years old. And he suffered from that for a while and kept it a, a secret. But I think that the big thing from our ride that I was able to bring home and to kind of tie this whole journey together was that there's food deserts all across America. And when I see food desert, let me describe what that means. It means um, processed foods, lack of fresh produce, lack of nutritionally sound foods. So that was something that we suffered from big time on the ride. And those are where people live in these communities, where they're eating box foods the whole time. Well, well, with the recent derecho here, yes. you know, I mean, I think we had, the, in the, we had that perspective. You lose electricity and you lose your food supply. Yeah. And it, it became pretty apparent that to the degree, and we'll do another podcast about this, mm-hmm. that the medical staff helped establish a food bank for the employees. Just because of the need. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, people don't have, they don't have refrigerators. They're not able to no. eat healthy. Well, bringing it back to what doctor, the doctor said, what he was saying is that a lot of this has to do with diet. He gave me a very hard time because I was eating French fries that were very salty and they were delicious. However, I don't condone that. But when I was riding that many bikes, I, I couldn't, that many miles, I couldn't help myself. But I would have to say that he brought it to a very clear point, which is when we eat bad things or when we eat things that don't really serve us? Like, what is it going to do to us? I think that if you eat things that are more nutritionally sound, maybe you would be healthier. If you were to eat things that were less nutritionally sound, then you're not going to be as healthy. And your colon is where everything is coming out. Yeah. All of everything. I'm sorry. Let's talk about it. Like you eat bad foods. What's going to be stuck in your colon? So, you know, I, I think cancer. Uh, right. Exactly. And uh, I think a good rule of thumb is you look at your teeth mm-hmm. and you should eat what your teeth can eat. So, you know, for the human oh, mouth, good. it'd be uh, vegetables, nuts, berries, fish. Mm. You know, your, your teeth are not designed to have steak. Well, steak is awesome. But, <laughs> you, you, you know, so I think sometimes you got to stop and think about that. Yeah. You know, and we don't. So, well, Susie, this was thanks for coming. Of this course. was fun. It was fun to meet you. Oh, well, yeah. Nice uh, to meet you. And again, well. this is Susie Douglas. So far, Susie has raised around $4,000, but there's still time to contribute to the 2,500 miles for colon cancer awareness campaign. To learn more, visit communitycancercenter.org slash 2,500 miles. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well. <music>